You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I have Marie Sonneman on the line, and she is a financial and health coach. Now, Marie has paid off $106,000. Let me repeat that. $106,000 in debt in just under two years. Um, As the girl who sucked at numbers, she said this was a major accomplishment. Paying off debt was the domino needed to start tackling other issues in her life. Marie loves hiking and camping and is about to release her first book, And wait for this, a woman's guide to going from ordinary to badass with your finances. So thank you so much, Marie, for coming on the show today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. So I just want to jump right in because I mean, $106,000, that is a lot of money. And to pay it off in such a short amount of time, um, I think that's phenomenal. So let's just start there. What made you decide that, okay, enough is enough. I got to get this paid off. Um, What made you make that decision to start tackling it? Um, I felt like in a lot of ways, like my world felt like it was closing in on me. I was just getting stressed out about my bills and Sometimes you have to wait until the pain gets so great till you're willing to make a change. And so I was just having a tough time paying my bills and I was just feeling it getting tighter and tighter. And then um, I even got served with some paperwork um, for my husband at the time for his other house saying it was going like into foreclosure if the payments weren't made. And I wasn't even aware that was an issue, but still it was like all of our financial stuff was starting to have issues. And I was like, I do not want to be the person that doesn't pay her bills. Like that's not something that I identified myself with. And so it was just the pain got so bad. And I was like, okay, I got to make a change. I got to figure something out. And I'll be honest, or I'll be honest in the beginning, it was daunting. Like it was so stressful um, thinking about how to figure it out. I was never taught how to manage my finances as a kid or how to create a budget. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I suck at math. I'm not good with numbers. How in the world am I going to do this? And so, you know, it was really stressful in the beginning, but I just knew something had to give. Mm, mm. And that's that's the thing right there. Like I always tell people when you start getting that awareness. Right. Um, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like my back is completely against the wall. Like, how am I going to get myself out of that? So what type of strategies or what did you use um, to go ahead and jumpstart that process and then just tackle it so fast? Because one hundred six thousand dollars in two years is phenomenal. So what type of strategies did you use to like expedite that process? Well, I worked a ton of overtime (laughs) because I was like, okay, I'm just going to work, work, work. Like this has to be a short term thing. Um, But I just wanted to like get some momentum as quickly as I could because I figured the early momentum is going to be a big part to like carry me through later. So that was a big part of it was um, just working a lot in the beginning. Um, And then I ended up joining um, Dave Ramsey's, uh, I almost said financial coach or financial coach master training, but I did that later. Um, I joined his uh, financial peace university. And so then I started tackling like my lowest debt first and then going up to the next lowest debt and the next lowest debt. And that's how I tackled it. It wasn't anything like it wasn't anything necessarily like sexy or any great <laughs> plan, but it worked. And I'll say in the beginning, I had to watch 
YouTube video upon YouTube video trying to figure out how to budget because I think I was just so in my head about math. And yes, I know addition and subtraction, but I think I was just so in my head like, you know, this is going to be so hard. You weren't good at this. How are you ever going to do it? So I just kept watching video after video until I finally figured it out and it, until something finally clicked because I just wasn't at a point where I could give up. Right. And I mean, just to comment on that, there's so many different ways to budget, too. So um, and that's what I tell people, because I love budgeting, like budgeting is my life. <laughs> um, but it's like so many different ways and not every way fits for everybody. And so I'm so glad that you just dived in and you were like, OK, I got to figure out what's going to work for me so that way I can get myself out of this. And I heard you say you did the Dave Ramsey uh, Financial Peace University. So you use the snowball method to um, kind of tackle your debt, which I also tell people that is like for me, because that's what I use too to pay off like the 50,000, but it's like psychological, right? So as when you start knocking out those smaller ones, you're like, oh, I can do this. Oh, okay. Now this isn't too bad. And then you like kind of ease your way into it. Um, and then you said you worked a lot, like, <laughs> and I wanted to point that out too, because, you know, if something is important to you, you have to go all in, like you just have to, whether that means picking up another job or going all in doing overtime at your current job or whatever the case is if debt payoff is your thing then it's like any means necessary but you have to find that within yourself and I think just hearing your story you found that because you were up against a rock in a hard place like there was like nowhere else to go so you're like okay I either continue on the same trajectory or I do things differently. So I want to get into like, how did you feel after like, well, first, as you were going through the process, did you do like check ins like to see where you were? Or did you just ignore it and just keep going? No, I did check ins from time to time, just because I wanted to see like, what progress I was making. And then sometimes that can give you motivation too. when you see like, oh, my goodness, I've already paid off $20,000 or, you know, $50,000. And I'll be honest, the reward wasn't even that far in the process. Like the first day when I looked at the number, I was like, oh my gosh, like how are you ever going to pay off $106,000 in debt? And that day, that second was overwhelming and it felt like a huge weight on my shoulders. But like it didn't take long. I feel like within a month or two, I was already seeing results and seeing like debts get knocked out. And so then that gave me the momentum that I needed. And, you know, I think a lot of times people think, creating a budget is so restrictive, you know, I'm not going to be able to live my life. And I've heard people say, like, I can't budget because I'm not going to stop getting my hair done or my nails done or whatever the thing is. And it's like, I don't think that you have to be restrictive. I don't think you have to give up everything that you love. You just throw that in your budget. And I mean, I kind of think of it like the KonMari method. Like she says to keep things that bring you joy. Same with spending, right? Like spend or indulge on those things that bring you joy, so at first, I was going to keep paying for Starbucks. I was like, nope, at least like twice a week, I'm still getting my Starbucks because I want Starbucks, you know. And then down the road, it didn't end up being a big deal. And I was seeing the momentum I was gaining. And I was like, oh, no, I'm switching to home, you know, and I found a creamer that I liked, and it was just fine. But as you start gaining momentum, sometimes those things you thought you had to have aren't as important as you thought they were. That's a good nugget right there. Because, you know, when you do a budget, I don't frame it as 
it's restrictive. I frame it as it gives me permission to do the things that I love to do, because if I want to do it, I just got to make sure it's in the budget somewhere. (laughs) So, um, you know, when you kind of have that um, flip in your mindset, it kind of makes things easier. You know, if you tell yourself you can't do it before you start, you're never going to do it. <laughs> you know, it's just going to be impossible. You're not going to do it because you're already telling yourself that. Right. Um, so I wanted to transition a little bit over to um, badass. Right. Because everybody's like, you know, with the Jensen Sero books, you know, you are a badass, you know, all that type of thing. But everybody has a different you know, opinion of what a badass is. Now, I know part of your story is that you're a police officer. I personally think that is being a badass um, because I'm scared. Um, (laughs) um, But what is your definition of being a badass? Yeah. So, you know, as Tiff said, I was, I'm a police officer. And when I first started, I felt like such an imposter, like I, like a fraud, I can't do this. Or I was looking at everybody around me. It's a predominantly male field. And I thought I had to do everything the way that they did things. And that just doesn't work. Or, you know, comparison, it's like compare and despair. It only leads you down a bad rabbit hole. But I lost my confidence once I became a police officer and felt like such a fraud And really, it wasn't until paying off debt that I really became like fully confident. Never, ever before that point would I have considered calling myself a badass. But really through my journey, I realized, okay, a badass isn't about like a motorcycle or a cigarette or a leather jacket or gun or anything like that. It's actually the mindset and the confidence. And those pieces are huge. So they might, they might wear a leather jacket still, you know, but it's really about the confidence and the mindset within. Mm, mm, I love that. I love that. And I shared a little story with you. Like, you know, all this stuff I do, people consider me a badass, but I'm like, I didn't consider me a badass for some of the same reasons you said, you know, the imposter syndrome, um, not feeling like you belong. This is also a predominantly pretty much white male field. Um, And so I I just did not feel like a badass. I'm like, I'm just going to put stuff out there. But, you know, hey, I'm just here. Um, But it wasn't until I drove from California to North Carolina, 36 hour drive by myself to where it made me feel like I'm a badass. I can accomplish anything. And so I wanted to make that point because a lot of people think that they need to check boxes that other people think they should fit in. Um, But really, it's how you define when you you get to that level, when you're a badass, but now you're helping women find that badassness. Is that a word? I just made that up, but (laughs) find that badassness with your new book. So if you can tell us a little bit about your book, um, A Woman's Guide to Going from Ordinary to Badass with Your Finances. Yes, I'm super excited for that to come out. It'll come out in April. Um, But like earlier, how I talked about struggling with budgeting, that book really goes into budgeting, but I do a thing called a color-coded budget, which focuses on colors more than numbers. So if you were like me and you hate numbers and budgeting terrifies you, there's a different way. You know, I think a lot of how it's taught right now is all analytical, but it doesn't leave any room for like being creative or um, if you struggle with math, you know, there's different ways of doing things. And so it's just a different way of looking at budgeting and looking at tackling your finances so you can pay off debt too. Mm, I 
love that. I've never heard of that like strategy before. So I'm definitely going to pick up the book because I love learning about different ways to budget just so, you know, like I said before, not everything fits for everybody. So the more I have in my tool belt, (laughs) the more I can help other people. So thank you so much, Marie, for coming on the show today. And I'm definitely going to check out how to go from ordinary to badass because, you know, we feel like we're there, but, you know, sometimes we might just need a little more oomph. Um, So how can people find you if they're interested in learning more about you or buying your book? And first, I would just like to say you are a badass right now and all you have to do is decide. Decide you're a badass and own it. That's all you have to do. Um, They can find me at OrdinaryToBadass.com or OrdinaryToBadass on Instagram, Facebook, and there's also an Ordinary to Badass Facebook community. Would love to have you there. And the book should be on Amazon in about mid-April. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marie. And if you did not catch all of that, because, you know, we know you're listening to podcasts, you're doing other things, it'll all be in the show notes. So definitely check those out. I'll have all the links, her bio and everything so you can dive into her information. But thank you so much. And I appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you for listening, joining and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at moneytalkwitht. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.